Hello, and welcome to the Revive Church podcast with Pastor Todd Mazenko. I'm your host, Paul Garner. Thank you for listening today. Today, Pastor Massey is sharing a pivotal message for the church. This has become a core part of the culture of Revive Church. Satan came to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus came to bring life. Since we have his spirit in us, we already have this life in us. Sometimes we speak negative words over ourselves when Jesus wants to speak life. Sometimes we speak negative words over others because they have disappointed us. From scripture, Pastor Massey reveals how Paul spoke life over the people in the churches even after they had behaved poorly. The power of the spoken word changes everything. From Proverbs, with the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Proverbs 18:20. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his words. Proverbs 12:14. Pastor Massey teaches us that we are a people who should practice speaking life over others. Encouragement, words of knowledge, compassion, words of healing. In this we are following Jesus' example. This will change the atmosphere in your home, your workplace, your relationships. Be sure to listen to the end for some important information about Pastor Todd's new book. So <clears throat> I've never I've never done this before, but I'm going to preach through the prayers that you're praying. So I, I kind of want you guys to stay in the place of prayer because some of the things I'm going to talk about are going to transition pretty well into, into where we're at. And what I was going to talk about was something called speaking life, speaking life. And this is something that I've been dealing with for four months now, probably that um, it's easy to look at the circumstance and the situation and say, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. God, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And what happens is because you're not healed internally, you view your situation from a heart of hurt and you become more distant by your words and your actions. You don't realize where you're at is he's already bringing you on that path. And so what I wanted to talk about was speaking life. And one of the things that I kind of want to dispel right away is um, I'm completely against this name it and claim it. Uh, uh, metaphysics type thinking that I can just speak a car into existence because God's going to give me a car. Uh, That is not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about speaking life into the field that he gave you, to the calling that he gave you, to the family that he gave you, to your own soul that he gave you, to your life, to your heart, to your mind. Uh, your job, your finances, speaking life. I'm not saying speaking money into your finances. I'm saying speaking life into your finances because when you speak God's breath of life, you have abundance because you have it from him. You want to be more generous with those finances to the things of God. See what I mean? It's not for you to hoard or be selfish with. It's not a metaphysics thing. And so I was kind of pacing back and forth today in prayer. And I'm looking at people praying and I'm thinking to myself, how many of us right now are, are in the thralls of sin? They used to say the, the pain of sin. We don't know how to get rid of it. And why don't I ever feel justified before God? Why, why don't I ever see the redemption of Christ? Why don't I ever know that I'm redeemed and saved? And if that's you right now, I'm going to speak life over that situation right now. God, I speak life I speak redemption, I speak grace, and I speak your fatherhood over these people. In Jesus' name, I speak your love, I speak your heart over these people. In Jesus' name, that feel that, that know there's a distance between them and God. 
Lord, that we would never be guilty of saying, I'm not there yet, Father. Your blood made them there. Your redemption made them there. My feeling doesn't get me there. It's the faith that I have in your blood and your sacrifice, what you did for me, the redemptive power of Christ. Lord, I speak a breakthrough in their life. In Jesus' name, Father. And I thank you for healing and wholeness by the grace of God in Jesus' name. And I'm going to talk about Proverbs 18, and there's more to this, so I'm just going to kind of keep going with it. Proverbs 18 talks about with the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. And to clarify that, Proverbs 12 says a man will be satisfied by the good fruit of his words. The good fruit of his words. Notice it's not fruit of like what you do or your actions. It's what comes from the heart. What is the fruit? And does it satisfy your soul? And do you ever notice when you ever, if you complain or if you gossip or if you do these things and you speak negatively, you're never satisfied. You always keep complaining. But when you give glory to God, when you're praising God, no matter where you're at in your life, you're full. You want to praise him anyway. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what storm's coming at you. It doesn't matter what's happening at your job. It doesn't matter what's happening in your marriage. You know, by the grace of God, he put that in your heart. And you know how you know that? Because you stay in the word of God. When you're renewed daily in your heart. And Father, I thank you for those who are dealing with marriage problems right now. Marriage issues. Those who are just getting married. Or Father, those who have left a marriage. Or Father, those who are seeking to be remarried. Or are married right now and they're distant from God right now. And they're not in that place. Father, I speak life into that marriage. Or those issues in Jesus' name. Father, I speak restoration. I speak wholeness, Father. I speak your blood because it's a covenant made before you. And God, I thank you for faith in that person's heart, their spouse's heart. Father, to pray for them, to lean on you, Father, for them, to know that you'll bring all things together, Lord, in Jesus' name. And that's a promise from God. Lord, I thank you that all things are from you, they're through you, and they're to you by the grace of God, Lord, that there's nothing that I can do except give it to you, Lord. I speak favor over those marriages. I speak favor over those getting married in Jesus' name. I speak blessing over those marriages in Jesus' name. Father, again, I speak a restoration. I speak a wholeness there by the grace of God. And Lord, there's so much faith when you speak life in it. And some of us are thinking, well, how do you do that? Uh, Is there any instance that that happens? And we we heard a sermon in in Bogota about breathing life into dead, dry bones. You remember that? We We were talking about Ezekiel 37. And I looked it up and I said, Lord, you spoke to dead, dry bones. We've all heard this sermon. But did you know he spoke life in the midst of all of their sin? For the 36 chapters just before that, he's rebuking the pastors. He's rebuking the kings. He's rebuking the people. He's telling them you're lost, you're destitute. And guess what Ezekiel was? He was faithful to plow his row. He was faithful to bring the seed, to bring the, to the word, to bring the hope, right? And then in Ezekiel 37, he said, go to those dry bones. And he gave him a vision of dead, dry bones. And he said, go prophesy to those things and let the four winds come and breathe life. And he said, let me give you, let me give you what that vision is, he said. Let me give you what that vision is. And it was really good how he said it, if I can find it. He said, said to me, O son of man, these bones that are whole are the house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is perished. We are completely cut off. He said, therefore prophesy and say it to them. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves. My people, I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord, which I have opened your graves and caused you to come out out of your graves. He said, I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you in your own land. And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and I have done it, declares the Lord. 
I have done it, he said, not you. Sometimes I think some of us uh, come to churches and we say, man, they need to bring a hard word. They need to bring a strong word. Why don't they bring enough strong words, pastor? Why are we preaching harder? You know what? Did you listen to the last hard word that you were asking for? Did you listen to the last one? Because the only reason a hard word is needed is because you're disobeying. That's all. I want to bring life. He said, Satan came to kill, to steal, and destroy. Why did Christ come? To bring life, and that abundantly. The only hard word is you need to receive that life from him. He gives the life. His redemption, his blood is what breathes life onto your calling. It breathes life onto your marriages. Folks, it brings life on your kids. Father, those who are dealing with their children who have left the faith and they put them in your hands, Father, I speak life over those kids. I speak redemption over those kids. I speak wholeness over those kids. I pray that those scales fall off their eyes in Jesus' name. The scales fall off of their ears. That, Father, they hear only the voice of the Lord. I even pray right now if they're partying, Father, you wreck that party because you love them, Lord. Because you love them. And they're your kids, Father. And that we can't do anything about it except that, Lord. We speak life into that family. It's funny because my son Isaiah, I was telling the story earlier this week that we were all cutting cardboard. There was there's a section by our house where the old tenants or the old uh, owners left a bunch of cardboard and we had a bunch of cardboard there. And I told my son, he's 11 years old. I gave him a knife and I was scared (laughs) because if you know my 11 year old, he has no coordination. Zero. This guy can trip literally over blades of grass, right? So no coordination. I'm thinking to myself, am I doing the right thing, Lord? So I taught him how to use the knife. This is how you open it. This is how you close it. Make sure that when you're holding that knife and you're holding something else, be careful because your brothers are around you. And all three of them, you ever notice that when they're playing games and being selfish and they're playing video games, they argue. But when they're doing, doing what they're supposed to do, when they're working together, they don't. They got along. So at the end of it, I saw my son and I had to correct him a few times. He had a knife in his hand and he would grab pieces of cardboard and he had the blade part out and his brothers are walking around like, hey, 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 don't cut your brothers, right? At the end of it, they finished all their work. He came to me so happy, all three of them, dad, we did it. I looked at my 11 year old and I said, that knife belongs to you now. Had you seen his face? The pro- I spoke life. I could have looked at his situation and said, he's, he's not ready for that knife yet. Look how many times he almost cut himself. Look how many times he almost, look how many times you've sinned, man. Look how many times you've failed, man. And God's saying, it's still yours. You're still his. The marriage is still yours. Your kids are still yours. Your job, where you're at right now, Father, those who have a job that they're stuck in, I thank you, Father, you bring blessing, favor, and opportunity. That, Lord, they don't look at it as wrong, but they look at it as they're right where they're supposed to be at that time, right now. That our eyes turn to the heavens, Lord, and say, what is life that you've given me? You said in Ecclesiastes, Father, whatsoever you find in your hands to do, do it with all your might. Do it with all your might. He says, do it, not complain with all your might. Do it with all your might. And speak life into those situations. I find it odd sometimes that <clears throat> I find it odd sometimes that we look at where we're at and say, "Man, how do we how do we how do we bring more love? How do we do this? How do we do that?" Guys, you already have it within you. 
If you were to focus on where you're going, you would see where you're at and it would move you forward. Instead of complaining about what you don't have, see what you do have. See what you have. I found out four months ago, I started seeing that my tongue was almost uh, not condemning, uh, not cursing really. I could just see it was bringing myself down all the time. I can't explain it any different than that. I could feel when I come into the office, I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I can do this, Lord. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> you remember, I would come into your office. Can I do this? Am I the right? Can I? Can I? Should I? And everybody around me is speaking life into my life. And they, they said, you can do it. You can do it. And I started to see that a critical heart produces a critical tongue. A self-righteous heart produces a judgmental tongue. A bitter heart produces an acidic tongue. And an ungrateful heart produces a grumbling tongue. But here's the flip side. This is what Christ already gave you. The hope of glory when you renew yourself. A loving heart produces a gracious tongue. A faithful heart produces a truthful tongue. A peaceful heart produces a reconciling tongue. And a trusting heart produces an encouraging tongue. When you're changed and you're redeemed by the blood of Christ, all you want to do is speak life into people. Isn't it funny? You would never look at someone else and say what you're saying to yourself half the time, would you? The things you say over your situation and your life and your kids, man, were they ever going to get it? Would you ever say that to another parent? Are your kids ever going to get it? No, you want to speak life into them. Man, it's okay. You're going to get through it, right? You're going to get through. It's going to be fine. And how many elders I talked to about their kids, they said, look, dude, just remain faithful. Just remain faithful. That's the difference between speaking life and metaphysics. Ezekiel knew his road. He planted it. He get, that was within his hand to do in Ecclesiastes. His calling was to be a prophet. Your calling probably is your family. Your calling is probably being faithful at your work right now. Some of you that have lost the dream of ministry. It's been 20 years, Father. 20 years, I ain't seen nothing. I, I haven't heard you. What am I supposed to do? I'm not. I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. Where are you at, Lord? Father, I thank you for water on that seed and life over that dream and life over that ministry, and life over that calling and that vision you gave them in Jesus' name. Father, I pray of those that are stuck in that season, Father, I pray you unloose them. Father, we loose that in Jesus' name, and we loose the bands of condemnation, and we put on no shame, no shame, only life. Only life in Jesus' name. And then, Father, we breathe it on them, we pray it over them, we speak over them. And Father, I thank you that they have confidence and assurance towards you and that we would see the fruit of that in Jesus' name. We would see the fruit. Isn't it funny that Ezekiel's words shifted the atmosphere? Shifted the atmosphere. He was told to say the word and he did it. And it shifted the entire atmosphere. It shifted the entire vision of what's wrong with those children to I know where I'm bringing his children. It shifted everything. They were no longer concerned about where they weren't. They knew where they were going. We're going to Rome, folks. We're going to Rome. That's where we're, we're on the path there now. Paul, when he was speaking to the churches in his epistles, you notice that almost every single epistle starts the same way. Uh, he says, my children, grace, mercy, and truth from the Lord Jesus Christ, right? When he went to Corinth, he knew what he was going to tell them. Man, you guys are in sin. I ain't even there with you. And there's like fornications going on and there's some crazy stuff going on. But here's what he told them. This is how he spoke to them. 
Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, even them that are sanctified in Christ, he still called them sanctified. He still called them sanctified. Because it's a, it's a process. Called to be saints with all the call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in every place. He says, grace unto you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God always concerning you for the grace of God which is given to you in Christ. That everything you are enriched by him in all utterance, in words, and in knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that you, become, you come behind in no gift waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall confirm you unto the end. He spoke life into them, folks. And then he told them, this is what's up. But he never left them with, this is what's up. Hope you figure it out. See you later. He spoke life and destiny into them. He said, you're gods. The only reason I'm coming to you is because I love you. Because you're gods. And I thank God for those things right now. He said in Galatians, he was going there to reprove them for listening to the law over grace. Remember in, 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 in I think it was like verse 15, 16, he said, Oh, foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? Who've turned? I'm so amazed that you turned away from the grace of God, he said. But look what he said before that. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither through man, but through Jesus Christ. He said, and all to, brother, all, to all the brethren that are with me under the churches of Galatia, grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us out of this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. That's how he started his epistle. He blessed him. He blessed him. Ephesians, same thing. He wanted, to re, he, wanted, he wanted to do, actually, this was actually a good epistle, but there was some correcting needed to be done too. He said, for this cause, I also having heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which is among you, the love which you showed towards all the saints, I don't stop to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, having your eyes enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of this calling. Life. You know that Jesus did it too? When he spoke to Lazarus, when he spoke to Lazarus, we all know the story, right? It was four days dead and stinking. Mary's like, what you doing, pal? I sent word to you. Didn't you know? You know what Jesus said? He's sleeping. His disciples didn't even know what he was talking about. He's like, well, if he's sleeping, he's going to be all right, right? He was talking about that he was going to die. And Jesus said, no, no, no. I want you to see this because the glory of my father shall be shown through this. And then he goes and he speaks to a dead situation. He says, Lazarus, come forth. He saw the faithfulness of his sisters. Notice he didn't call something that, that was selfish for him. His sisters were faithful. Matter of fact, his sisters actually told Jesus, you know, the brother that you love is dead. So Lazarus was faithful while he was alive. He was faithful. Folks, I'm telling you, faithfulness has nothing to do with your circumstance. It has everything to do with obedience. That's it. You can't worry about successes and failures. I've said this a hundred times. He's not going to say to you one day, well done, the good and successful servant. Well done, the good and what? Faithful. Faithful means a, a perseverance unto the end. No matter how many times you fall, you get back up and you do it again. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. And no matter how many times Lazarus may have stopped and fell short, no matter how many times the, the Marys and the Marthas of the world around him fell short, he still honored their faithfulness because they continued with him, the Bible says. He said, and if you continue in my word, you are my disciples, he said. 
If you continue, continue. Your promise is coming. Your kids are coming. That is not metaphysics, folks. That's a promise. That's a promise from God. Because he said, if you do it, if whatever, whatsoever you shall ask in faith, you shall receive. That's what he said. And notice that it wasn't, it had nothing to do with being selfish with those prayers. You know how I know that? Six scriptures before that very verse, he just reproved the money changers outside the church. Had nothing to do with selfishness. Had everything to do with the will of God. Is it the will of God that he heals? Yeah. Is it the will of God that he wants your salvation and your kids' salvation? Yes. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's a promise. So pray for your kids. Guys, pray for the people you don't like. He said, love your enemies. Bless them who curse you. Pray for them. Don't look at this as a negative. Look at it as why are they in my path, Lord? What do you want to do to them? How do you want to change them? Speak life into that situation. Speak life into that neighbor who never talks to you. You don't know what they're going through. We used to live next to an older lady. A friend, matter of fact, a friend of mine in North Carolina. He said, I live next to a guy who's 80. His wife was 75. Kids hadn't seen him in 30 years. Nobody went to go visit him. Jake. Dude, in two weeks, not only did they get saved, two months later, they all got baptized in the river behind their house. And he said they were the meanest people, man. But our kids went over there every day, helping them with their grass, helping them with their trees. No matter what, love conquered, man. Love conquered. Some of us shy away because it's uncomfortable. Because we're not healed yet. We see through the eyes of our hurt. And we don't want to get close to that. And we think, well, they're never going to be at that place. How they go- Doesn't Romans say, how shall they hear without a preacher? How are they going to know? You have that ability. Speak life into those people. Speak life into those people. <clears throat> Ephesians 4 says this, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only that what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The purpose of giftings, you guys know this, encounter discipleship people, inner healing people, you've preached sermons on this. The giftings were to edify the body. They're to build up the body. Kimo says this quite often to me. He says, we're not professional dirt removers. We are gold finders, son. Yes, sir. We are here to find the gold. Well, guess what? Find your own. Look inside where you're saying, man, I don't see the promises of God. I don't understand why I'm in the season. I don't know where I'm at right now. He's in you. And if he's in you, the hope of eternal glory, that's a promise from God that he's answered your prayers. I promise you that. People say to me all the time, how do you know that you're saved? How do you know? Well, first off, that's faith. But second off, why do you keep asking? You're looking. People ask me a lot. I just found the sermon, the words, the power of the words. Man, mess. I heard this so many times on the streets. Man, I don't think I'm saved, man. I, I, I think I blaspheme the Holy Spirit. The word blasphemy is to speak evil of. We got to put that in context, guys. <laughs> First off, if you would have blasphemed and it's an unpardonable sin, why, you, why, why do you feel guilt and shame over it? That's called, that's called conviction, folks. You, if, if you did that, you wouldn't feel that. But he was speaking to the Pharisees at that point and what they were speaking against. 
And he told them, every idle word that you speak will be given an account. In other words, God has this record of what we say. But that was pre-redemption. That was before he redeemed man by his blood. Because what happens when you get saved? He remembers your sins as far as the east. No more. There's salvation for you tonight. If you've never been saved before, or if you have and you left the faith, dude, if you don't think God still has open hands for you, I'm a living testimony of that. I got saved at eight, nine, nine and a half, ten, ten and a quarter, eleven, eleven and a half, twelve, thirteen. It wasn't real. Do you guys know what I mean? I went to every every single youth gathering that we had at church, and I ran to the front, but it never changed me, right? Until with my mouth, listen to the power of your words. Notice that you have to confess Jesus as Lord to be saved. That is the power of the words you have. And if you can confess that Jesus is your Lord, imagine confessing life into the situation you're in. Imagine speaking life over this church and over the body and over its pastors. Imagine speaking life over your kids. I think about that a lot. How many kids don't have a dad to speak to them? And you may be the only light those kids have. You never realize the power you have in your words, guys. You just don't. You don't. You don't realize. Sometimes you get that pain in your heart. I got to text this guy, but eh, that's going to be weird. Text him. Call him. Pray for them. Show them the way. Most of the people that you text, they don't know how to pray. I promise you. Ask them, do you know how to pray? Nope. Well, then let me teach you. Let's put you on the path to righteousness, man. Dude, God came to give life. Christ came to give us life. Not things. Not possessions. Those will all burn one day. Did you know that? You know what matters is that last song that we sang before this Great Are You Lord song. I don't... I don't want anything from you, Lord. You don't owe me anything. I don't want anything from you. I don't even want, forget the blessings. The fact that you saved me is enough of a blessing. The fact that you even cared, that you hear my prayers. And what he said in Isaiah, you want to know what saved me? Was that verse in Isaiah when he said, Lord, your arm is not too short that it cannot save and your ear is not too far that it cannot hear. I, I said that for months and then something happened and he redeemed me and I caught it and he's real and he saved my life and he blessed me with awesome wife and kids. He blessed me with a ministry, not because of anything I did because he knew I would say it because he knew not that I was anything special. There's nothing special about any one of us except Christ. He wants your kids. He wants your life. He cares about your ministry more than you do. Thank you. He cares about this church, sir, more than you do. He cares about your calling more than you do. Folks, Speak life in your situation. If you keep focusing on where you aren't, you'll get discouraged. But if you focus on where you are now to change the things necessary, you'll get to that expected place. That's what I want to leave you with. I want everybody to close their eyes for a minute. Holy smokes. Those situations that you're in right now, whatever it is, 
It's not too big for him. He found you faithful to do it, to go through it. Speak life into that dream that fell apart. The dream that no one else believed in. You guys know what I'm talking about? That business idea, that ministry idea, that thing that you know is in your heart to do. Speak life into that thing. Speak life into that talent that you had, but you let it go because of the circumstance. Did you guys know you have the power to overcome your circumstance? It was Martin Luther King, I believe, that said, I don't let circumstance dictate me. I dictate the circumstance. Praise God. He knew his God. Speak life into that relationship that's divine, but you allowed bitterness or sin to get in between it. Speak life. And for those that may not be with you in the fight, bless them on the way out, man. Bless them because you'll be blessed for it. You'll be blessed for it. You hear me? You bless and you will be blessed. As a matter of fact, in Galatians, it talks about, uh, um, what is it? God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he shall also reap. It's talking about the tongue here. He that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows unto life, he will reap life everlasting. So blessing. So blessing into those people around you, even those that hate you. I'm telling you, God will return it to you. You speak curses, I'm telling you, it's faithfulness to him. It's his tongue abiding in you. Father, I thank you for these folks tonight, Lord, that the word of God abides in our hearts. Lord, King David even knew. He said, thy word of I'm hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, that I hid it in my heart, Lord, that you're my strong tower and you're my refuge, that Father, you are the one father who brings vengeance. You, I can't have vengeance. I don't want to, Lord. I don't want that bitterness in my heart. I want life, Father. I want those that have never been saved before. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now you touch them. And that, Father, they cry out to you against their own sin and find this Redeemer called Jesus Christ, the one who died for them, who bled for them, who fought for them, who spoke life for them that they receive it by faith in Jesus' name. They receive it by faith, Lord. For those of us dealing with other issues in our work and our jobs, again, opportunity, Father. Life, man, life. You got to see where you're going. That's how you speak life into it. And Father, those that are in a crux, those that are in transition, thank you again, Lord, that you would, you would open an opportunity for them to move forward. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Well, what did you think? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at reviveusnow.com. We're excited that Pastor Todd has released his latest book called Old is the New. The Old Testament is filled with stories that seem amazing on their own, but they also leave questions. If they are history and not part of the new covenant, that we have with Christ today, then why do we need these stories at all? What are they for? Could it be that those stories were recorded and saved for us because there is something they can teach us? Could it be that those stories actually help us understand God and the new covenant he has with us? Could it be that somehow those stories guide, teach, and help us understand what God has for us as new covenant believers? And finally, could there be hidden mysteries in these stories that actually give us revelation for today? This new book is available now on Amazon. The podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. 
You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you would like to support this ministry, go to our website, reviveusnow.com give. If you live in our area or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue, Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice. That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.